Well, good morning. It is another Monday morning. Welcome to episode six of the Business and Bites podcast. I'm John Hansman, one of your hosts here with Emilio. I don't know what you, what we do. Are we like, we're trying to stop cybersecurity crime. So it's not like you're my partner in crime. Partner <laughs> in, in defending crime? Stopping in, crime? I'm the partner in defending we're crime. We're mitigating. We're not stopping. We're mitigating. <laughs> So we're going to have to come up with uh, like some kind of like fun partner in something or sidekick or you're, we just, we just swap back and forth. We'll just make something up every week. It'll be great. We'll work on the intro. I'll we'll just improvise the intro every week and that'll be our thing. <laughs> this is what happens on episode, uh, like when you're on under episode like 10 or 20 or 50, you're, you're just learning as you go. And I'm loving it because we're getting better and better every day. I am super, super excited about our guests for today because marketing is my thing that I'm working on for 2024. Me too. I am doubling down on my marketing efforts and Lindsay has been a pivotal part of helping uh, me grow my business this year and get more leads and all of that. So we have, and I never say her name right. So I'm going to I'm going to say her name's Lindsay and then she can come in and correct her last name for me. And be Badillo if I'm correct. Badillo? Badillo. Badillo? Yeah. If you're Spanish let's, the two okay. L's are easier to pronounce. Just, we're going <laughs> to we're going to bring Lindsay and here's Lindsay. How do you really say your last name? Yeah, no, Emilio has it. It's Badillo. And Badillo. it's actually, a fun fact I actually have two last names, Badillo Milano. So, because in Spanish culture, you take your, I'm not Spanish, my husband is. And so um, you take your mother and your father's last name. So technically my legal last name is Badillo Milano. So I, I, I tell my husband all the time, like whenever I'm sick of being a Badillo and you really made me mad, I'm going to be Lindsay Milano. <laughs> so you just keep an eye out for the last name change. <laughs> drop the first one off. You'll be like, well, well, they're fighting again. <laughs> yeah, she's Milano now. Yeah, no, thanks so much, John, for and, and, and Emilio for having me here. It has been really cool to see you guys progress over the last two years, and I'm really excited for 2024 uh, and everything that's to come this year. So thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here for episode six. Episode oh, thank you for six. Thank you for being our guest, and this kind of started from your direction, so, you know, we're, we're yeah. here making it happen. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And I was laughing. I don't know if you guys could see me in the back in the backstage. Yeah, we could. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at the the fighting crime. Uh, you, you could say that your part your partners in vigilante or vigilante partners because you're technically fighting the crime, not partners in crime. So you're vigil. We're gonna have to work on it. We're yeah, gonna sort yeah. of that. We have to break. We're that. <laughs> We're gonna keep working on it. So one of the things we like to do with our guests is just start out and tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, your career, the things that you've uh, been doing. We know you're part of one of the coaching programs that, uh, that we're a part of. So you're a key member of that. What other things are you doing or have you been doing? Yeah. Make up who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a loaded question, you know, and I'm sure that you two can relate to that because it's like, well, how far back do you want to go? And, you know, so, so I guess, you know, I think that everything in life leads you to where you are, right? Like everything that we go through as kids or, you know, like adolescents, young adults, like everything that you go through leads you where you are. 
and to the experience, the knowledge that you have. So whenever I think about the value that I bring to business owners, like, like both of you or to the coaching program that we are all a part of, or any other of the other business owners that I work with, I mean, I can think back to like being a teenager and like literally like working two jobs and going to school and like just being so like invested into business and growth and like, well, how do you, you know, like make money and, and how does this whole thing work? And, you know, and just really having that entrepreneur mindset and that entrepreneurial spirit. And I actually remember working in uh, corporate real estate and we did like the EOS system. So we'd like go through and we talk about our rocks and what were our projects for the quarter, et cetera. And one of our values as a company then was entrepreneurial spirit. And I had never heard that word before. I was like 20 years old, probably like maybe 21. And I never heard it like termed that way. And I just remember like, wow, that that's me. Like just having the spirit of like go getter. Like you just got to grind. You got to just put the work in like, and really having this charisma behind everything that you do, which is why I love working with like you and, and, and Emilio and like all of your peers that are inside of the community that we work in, because all of you just have that spirit, that, that spirit of, of just, I got to go get it. I got to wake up today and go get it. And I love that. I, I really truly have a passion for working um, with, with you all and, and business owners like that. Now, if I think about the education that I've underwent, like experience wise, my formal education, I actually have it behind me over here, uh, is in elementary education. So I am a certified, technically, I think my certification's expired now. So we're, so we're elementary kids is what you're saying. I'm you elementary kids. <laughs> you are second graders, exactly. Uh, it was funny. I sent over my media kit for the interview and one of the... Of uh, course, topics or one of the interview topics or the workshop topics that I could teach on is like how to create an online course that you could give to your second grader. And so anytime I'm like creating curriculum, I do it with the mind of could a second grader digest this? Like could a second grader follow these directions? And if not, then it's probably too complicated. So yes, that elementary education back there definitely comes in handy every single day. Um, I have an undergrad degree in psychology as well. There was a brief stint in time where I was going to be a doctor at like pre-med biology. I'm not really sure how that ties into business now. <laughs> I guess I guess to show you that you can change your mind at any time. That's important, right? You can always change your direction. Um, yeah, after going into teaching, I realized, and this is going to be just very candid. I think that we can do that here, right? We can just kind of be 100%. Here. Okay. Okay. So I lived in Georgia, South Georgia, and I'm sure that this is the same in most, in all states, I would assume. You can log into your department of state uh, website and you can go and look at the salary schedule for educators and you can look and see, okay, in year five, this is my salary that I'll, that I'll make as an elementary teacher. You can go and then move down the ladder. You can look at all right, year 10, year 15, 20, 25, 30 years. With this level of education, this many years of tenureship, here's my salary. I remember the visceral feeling of, of logging in to look at this multiple times per week and feeling sick to my stomach because I could see exactly where my salary would cap out as an educator. Did I you think it was going to change logging in multiple times? You thought maybe something happened? I, and I think it was me just seeing the fact that like, this is it, you know, and I'm very much like, 
like I have a plan. I want to like I have like all these goals. Like I want to know what I'm getting myself into. Like I'm making a plan here. Like okay, by year five, I want to own a rental property. By year ten, I'm like I can't do that on this salary. Like what? And so it was like this moment, and I was like maybe three months into teaching. I had not. I was not very like very deep into it. I just remember feeling um, very discouraged very discouraged and I loved teaching and I loved educating and working with others and seeing that moment of growth that comes through um, whenever someone gets it and to be a part of that. But I'm very money motivated and I'm very like, I want to have control over how much money I'm able to bring in. And so again, it comes back to that uh, joy of business and owning your own business, et cetera. So yeah, quickly made a decision that I would not be renewing my contract as a teacher uh, I went feet first, head first, all the things into online entrepreneurship, started my own coaching practice. I would leave school as an, as an educator, I would leave school from my first grade classroom and I would go to Starbucks and I would sit there for two hours, two or three hours before I'd go get the kids from uh, daycare and I would be working on my business. I would take coaching calls literally at Starbucks, you know, uh, invested into my own education, invested into my own coaching programs and things like that. So so really, again, the entrepreneurial spirit of just knowing you got to go get it because no one else is going to get it for you. You know, it's then uh, here we are, you know, hundreds of business owners that I've worked with later, uh, countless courses I've created, countless stages and, and wow. platforms I've been on and, and work with just amazing, amazing people. So I, I couldn't have asked for any different of a trip. I think this is fascinating. I won't get too political about this, but I think there's this misnomer that if you're in a job, you're stuck there. Oh yeah. And you and I particularly, I don't know. I think Amelia, you, you could fit into this too. Cause most, most business owners can, most of us worked a job and we're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't great. And we later on decide we're going to go start something and go work the extra time, do the extra things. And then years later, here we are. And I think that when we do, when we have these kind of conversations with multiple different people who have an entrepreneurial spirit, you realize that if you currently, if you're watching this podcast and you feel stuck in your job, it's a lie <laughs> and you're not, so you can go to Starbucks. I don't know if I pick Starbucks, but you can go to a coffee shop and, and spend time working on something to get yourself at a place where you get to be excited when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, that's less yeah, 100%. Than and Amelia, and, and it's so funny, like I can think about both of your stories, you know, and just knowing what I know from working mm -hmm. with you both, whether it's being in, you go one route with business or with partnership, or you are working in someone else's business and you're like, wait a minute, this ain't it. Wait a minute. And like, I just think it's so cool that like, if you believe that you can change your path, if you just have like an inkling of belief that like it does not have to be this way, then it doesn't because it all starts with you. And so I have a five and a seven year old and we talk all the time, like, what do you enjoy doing? And like, you know, they, they had career day and my son wants to be a chef. He said, I want to be a chef mama. And I was like, okay, well, what type of restaurant are you going to own? Um, what type of, of food do you want to serve at your restaurant? And so I'm very, like, I'm very proactive in the language that we use in our household around what do you want to, what do you want to own? Yeah. Or my daughter said that she wanted to be an Uber driver. Oh, so you want to have your own taxi service? 
okay, well, tell me what would make you different from the other taxi services. And so like, we're very proactive and like, you do your own thing. Now, if they decide that they don't want to own a business, that's on them. But like, that's, that's what we're trying to instill is like, you have control like that. over that. Yeah. I, I love like that. that. Yeah. I love that. So you jumped into what of all the things that you could pick to focus on and start a business on, what made you do marketing? Oh, that's such a good question. So it's funny, John. I don't think a lot of people in our community know this, but whenever I first started my business, it was in life coaching. It was in, which I laugh at sometimes looking back at. Can I, can I, I, was, talking, a joke? <laughs> I was talking to my friend about this. Actually, she was one of my ex, uh, not ex mindset, but she was uh, someone that I worked with for my own mindset. Um, her name was Kelly. And I said, I, I literally laughed at me, 25 year old me, like I'm a life coach. And what do I'm I know? <laughs> 25 years old. And it was so funny though, because she's like, Lindsay, it's, and, I, and oh, because I remember I told her, I wish I had the confidence that I had at 25 to literally proclaim myself as a life coach. And she's like, you still have that confidence. You were just naive then. And so it's, it's <laughs> true though, like you're like, oh wow, I was a little naive. But, but what happened, so to answer your question, was I was in a community with like hundreds of other uh, women who were starting businesses. Like some of them were working on like becoming like a virtual assistant online or they were going to um, create a course or they were going to bring their real estate online or like all these different things. And it was around starting their online business because uh, I definitely knew I wanted to work remote. I wanted to be able to work worldwide, all these things. So whenever I started my life coaching business, I was... I was successful. You know, it took a lot of work, absolutely going to Starbucks and like managing a household and teaching and starting my own company. But I act my first marketing slash business clients were those that were inside of that program with me. They were just friends of mine. They were like, just, just other women that were there in the group with me. And it kind of started out as like, yeah, I could help you with that. Okay, sure. Like, let me help you you know, kind of get your plan together. Sure. Let's, let's work on your messaging. Oh, Hey, I think that you could kind of do this differently. And I realized that's the kind of person I like working with. I like working with a person that's driven, that has a, like, I cannot help you get your life together because I don't even have mine together, you know? And so there's, there's just a difference in someone um, who wants to go after a business. They're very vision oriented. Mm -hmm. They have, they don't know how to get their plan together, but they want it. You know, they're hungry. And yeah. I have a dread for working with this hungry kind of people. So, <laughs> yeah. That's, That's amazing. That's amazing. And so you said that you've worked with over 100 you know, business owners uh, of different types. What would you say is the critical or the main thing that they're not doing that they should be? Oh, that's good. Oof. Well... I think it depends on where they are in their business. So just kind of depending on maturity level and are they a startup? Are they in one to two to three years even? Maybe they, because a startup, right? Like you're just trying to figure out how to make money. You're just trying to figure out like, how do I go out and get a client? How do I go sign a deal? So those problems are very different from the business owner who's maybe five, seven years in, they're already at this certain income level, typically multiple six figures. Sometimes they're in seven figure 
uh, mode at this point. At that point, they have to be thinking about scale. How do they scale themselves out of the everyday equation, which brings in an entirely different level of problems. Now we're talking about employee hiring, employee retention. We're talking HR. We're talking their own mindset stuff. As especially business owners that are moving into that upper six figure, moving into like million dollar businesses, we're talking about like if you didn't think you had skeletons in the closet or like uh, like these things inside of you that kind of walk with you throughout life, it will come up as you grow as a business owner. I mean, if you want to know what your struggles are, like grow a business, right? Like everything is going to be laid out on the table because you're going to have to face that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. things from as a child, oh, I'm not loud enough or I'm not confident enough or I'm not funny enough or I'm not extroverted enough or I don't fit in or everybody's spot. Like all those things will start to surface as a business owner, uh, whether you're startup or moving into those higher yeah. levels. So I think, John, it kind of comes back to well, where are you? Um, if I had to say like one common thread, that's a, this is, and maybe you could, I don't know, maybe you'd agree with me, a prioritization on what's most valuable to you, oh, you know? That's good. Yeah, a prioritization of what's most valuable to you because anyone can write down their values. Anyone can say, well, my family is important to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Because you're working 80 hours a week. Are they? Why don't you go hire someone so you can cut that in half? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, you know, uh, having a team, a, a team culture that's one of fun and integrity is important to you. Really? Well, when's the last time you had a team meeting and you told them why they're important to you? Mm. So it's like, are, are those things important to you? So, you know, I think that's a common thread I would see no matter what level you're at. I think a lot of us have just been sometimes it's really easy to just try to do everything and to get nothing done. Oh my God. That's, that's like my, that's like my kryptonite. And yeah. you know, to Lindy's, to Lindy's point, when you're an owner, you start to self-reflect and be like, wow, I'm not good at this. I don't like this. I'm lazy yeah. when it comes to this. I'm really strong in this, but you do start to see your flaws and your strengths. And then the harder part is now, how do I navigate that? Because sometimes someone's ego doesn't want, doesn't allow them to delegate or instruct the person underneath them to be able to take charge to do something. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, I've struggled with that a little bit with, um, with one of my guys, which I'm trying to eventually build into my COO and do kind of like what I was trying to do at my previous partnership. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been some of that, like, I know where my disciplines fail. And I start to see that if I don't tweak that somehow, it's going to affect how he does his job. So it's definitely one of those self-reflect things when, you know, when you start to delegate or you have people under you and you need to be real with yourself because at the end of the day, you can lie to everybody, but you can't lie to yourself. You know, it all comes out. Yeah. And you're muted. You meet yourself so you can cough. Uh, so <laughs> one of the things that is fascinating this year that, that I'm doing really different just in respect to this I've got a coach that I'm working with and he has me going through this, this Darren Hardy book. It looks kind of like a Bible, but oh, it's, called, it's called living your best year ever. And it's a, uh, it, it actually takes you through looking at last year. What did you accomplish? What went well? What didn't go well? Takes you through what are your goals for this year? How'd you break it down into three goals? 
and then also gives you a way to keep track of your goals throughout your throughout the year and to help you kind of prioritize. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I I think that for myself I've struggled with is I do things that don't fit into my top three goals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's because you don't know what they are. And so this has forced me to really sit down and come up with those goals and say, if it doesn't fit, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it out. If it doesn't fit, I'm going to pay somebody to do it potentially, or I'm going to find a way to not be spending my time doing those specific things. Yeah. Or does it even have to be done in the first place? Yeah. You know, is it, is it even something that I should be doing at all? Should my company right. even right. be expending resources on this? Right. At all. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's just, it's just a mindset change. So I think that's really fascinating that you bring up just almost like people just don't know what their goals are. They don't have anything written down or they don't know what to do. So they just kind of just go day by day and figure it out. Yeah. We had a, so we did a workshop, um, Chris and I, Chris Weiser and I did a workshop in uh, New Jersey July of last year was our first like road show. It's these one day road shows where we go and do a workshop and we talk to other uh, business owners and we help them like make a plan to increase their revenue. And one of the activities that I had them do that actually started off the day was to lay out your one year, your three year and your five year plan. We literally had someone get up and walk out of the room until we got finished with this activity because and whenever he came back and, you know, we, we, we took a break, he said, it makes me so uncomfortable mm-hmm. to even think about my goals. I, I could mm-hmm. not sit there and do that. Wow. Wow. So yeah. the stuff that we're doing, like that we talk about, we talk about goals, we talk about mindset, like we talk about, yeah. um, like, this is not what the majority of people are doing. No, right? no. It's for sure. This is taking me and I'm, I'm not even done with what I need to be. I'm work finishing it up today, but it's taking me two and a half weeks of real intense processing to come up with work to even to where I'm at today. And it's, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really exciting. I was talking to my, um, sorry, real quick on that point. I was talking to my PAX 8 guy um, a couple of days ago and he's like, he's like, I want to help you grow, you know, so you can increase your, you know, he has increased my license council that, you know, benefits him, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's his job. I understand. He's like, so do you have a plan? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you know how many uh, first time appointments you need? Do you know how much this you need? And I was like, I do. I got it all right here. I was like, yeah, I need to maybe close two to, you know, and I was like, and he's like, oh, that's good. A lot of people that are running everything by themselves don't have that. Once they have a big team, they have those numbers. He's like, but a lot of individual owners don't have that type of stuff. So yeah. I was like. It's working. Something's working. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And it's yeah. not too early. Like it doesn't matter if like anyone listening to this, whatever level you're at, like come back to those numbers. It's your north star. So like Amelia, like you knowing, oh, I need this many appointments. I need to talk to this many people. Here's how many sales conversations. Like that's your north star. So going back to John's point, if it doesn't fit within that north star, if it's not helping me hit these numbers or it's not helping me do these things. Should I really be spending my time on it? Is this something that really needs my attention or my, or my money or resources or whatever? So I think that's awesome, no matter where you are in business. So I guess that's, that brings up the question. If you've got somebody who is, they're doing nothing for marketing right now. They are maybe that they've, they've grown their business to this point to 
and it's been by referrals. Okay. But they're ready to start, get going, and, and the, maybe they're maybe they're scraping by. What are a couple of things they could get started with today that would you know benefit them? Uh, we know marketing takes a while, so it's not like it's going to benefit you tomorrow. But what are some things that they could do today that they would see benefit in 2024? Go talk to 10 people a day. Go talk to 10 people a day for 30 days in a row. This month, right now, what is it? It's January 22nd. Go starting today. Go talk to 10 people. I don't care where you do it, who it is. Is it on the internet? Is it at a networking event? You're going to message 10 people on LinkedIn. I don't care how you do it. Go talk to 10 people a day. Just start a conversation. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go talk to 10 people. In 30 days, you will have spoken to 300 individuals. 300 people. Okay. I guarantee you, if you're having conversations every single day, at least 10 people a day, you will close a deal in the next 30 days. Okay. And if you don't have the deal closed, it will be in the pipeline to go and close. Mm. Okay. So it's really not hard. And I also, um, the way that I teach marketing and the way that I think is very different from a lot of other marketing advice or books or what, what people generally think of when they hear the word marketing it's my, the way that we teach this is very sales focused. So I want to know how many appointments are you going to go out and get? How many people do you need to talk to? Um, how many uh, leads are in your pipeline right now? So I, it's very much numbers focused, very intentional rather than being like, Oh, well, we're going to go post, you know, a reel a day on Instagram. We're going to go on TikTok because that's where we hear you can go viral as a, as a marketing coach. I, I really don't care about you going viral. I really don't. What I want to know is, I want to know is your marketing to sales activity. Is it pushing leads into and through your pipeline? And, and this is no matter what kind of business owner you are. Um, I couldn't tell you how many restaurants I go into. And I'm like, oh yeah, do you collect phone numbers anywhere? <laughs> like They'll have like, they'll turn the machine around and I'll enter in like, um, or I'll, I'll swipe my card and then I'll wait for it to ask me, would you like to join our loyalty program? Or like entering your phone number for emails or discounts. I'm like, oh, you guys should set up like an email system. Are you capturing email addresses? Are you getting phone numbers? Like, like, like talk to 10 people a day, create a database. So meaning creating this, this database of contact information where you're collecting phone numbers, email addresses, business cards, you're getting people's info so that you can continue to nurture that relationship. Doesn't matter what type of business you're in. If you have a website, have some type of form there where you can capture info. Are you capturing lead info? If you're going to a network event, take your phone with you. Of course, you're gonna. Everyone has their phone with them. Take your phone with you. Book appointments on the spot, and if not, then be capturing info, capturing um, their names, their emails, their phone numbers, so that whenever you get back into office, you can go in and send them a quick message. Hey, it was great to meet you at the XYZ Chamber event. I'd love to see how we can support one another. How's next Tuesday for a quick coffee chat? Boom! Now I've got an appointment set up. And I can see where it goes. Maybe they're not an ideal client. Maybe they're not someone that who's going to buy from me right away, but I can foster this relationship because they may know someone that I need to know. They may have connections with someone in the community that I should have connections with. And maybe I can help them. I think that when we, whenever we start looking at business relationships from the lens of reciprocity and from the lens of how can I help someone else, how can I give to someone else? Receiving is going to come a lot easier. Getting referrals are great. Absolutely. We love that. But also maybe I can set up, uh, you know, some type of partnership where we can exchange email lists. 
maybe I can set up a deal where they can sponsor uh, a post on my LinkedIn or vice versa. Maybe I can come in and speak to their clients in a private breakfast. Okay, so whenever we start thinking through the lens of how can I give to them? Let's just see where this goes. Can I build this relationship? I'm talking to these people. Let me just see where it goes. Then you're going to be able to receive so much more from that. And you're also going to take away this, this icky feeling that sometimes we get with the word marketing and sales. Sometimes we have like this, oh, I don't, I'm not salesy. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be like the used car dealer, uh, dealership guy. Like, I don't want to be that person. You're not. If you're going into it with, with the lens of reciprocity, building trust, building relationship, and you're just looking to see where it can take you. So, um, and, I, and I know that both of you are great at that. Both of you. Well, are- we all started businesses to make money. So exactly. I mean, that's, that's part of that, that has to be given. So you kind of have to be a little bit salesy, but yeah. I think most businesses are serving a need. Mm-hmm. There might be a few out there. I won't mention what they are that aren't. Yeah, <laughs> but but most businesses in general are serving a need. Even restaurants, they're you well, need to eat. Right? And even think about what you what you guys do. So both of you are in the business of fighting cybercrime, right? And you are helping small and medium sized business owners protect, mitigate their risk of being breached, of being hacked, of having their money stolen, their data stolen, being on the front page of the paper with like their reputation ruined, clients leaving their offices, like. It would be a disservice if you didn't tell business owners about what you do. Right. I agree. <clears throat> right. So again, it comes back to us first. It's top down. I have to believe so much in what I do. I have to be convinced of what I do first. And then if I'm convinced of that and I'm spreading that news and I'm talking to people and I'm, I'm putting it out there and I'm helping people. I'm genuinely helping people. It's not selling, it's serving. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like, I like some of the things you said. Um, I have my first in-person event, setting up a table and everything this Wednesday. And I don't know if I told you, Cindy knows, I have another one in March, which is the international business show where I'm going to have a, I'm going to be on a speaking panel. Wow. Um, a security speaking panel. So I'm definitely going to attempt the, um, the scheduling appointments on the spot, mm-hmm. um, as John said, it's that's a very good tip. <clears throat> I also, <laughs> you said exchanging list. I never thought of that. That's a pretty good one. Someone that does biz to biz, if you guys cultivate like a pretty good relationship, you just exchange list, and maybe they can oh, do like some like warm intro on their newsletter to you. Like you could do a promo. Um, so, so for an example, and this is a little bit different, but like uh, Daniel, my husband, he works with Verizon. So what he'll do is he'll do like a Friday business spotlight. And so each Friday, he'll go and spotlight a small business on his social media profile. So again, this brings him back to being a rep because he works with business owners. He's in business sales. So he is spotlighting the small business to his list, right? So maybe because there are email compliance regulations and things. So just be mindful. Okay, maybe I don't give them my entire email list, but maybe instead we say, hey, every Friday or this Friday, let's swap promotion on each other's emails list, email, emails. You have a thousand on your list. I got a thousand on mine mm-hmm. or 500 and 500, whatever the case is. Let's just go in and do a business spotlight for each other. Or a feature in the newsletter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feature in your newsletter. Absolutely. Yeah, we can get so creative on, on how these, you know, relationships can work. It doesn't always have to be, mm-hmm. are you a client or not? You know, like it's not always cut and dry like that. It's like, let's get creative. Maybe we do a podcast together. Mm-hmm. Maybe we go host 
an in-person lunch and learn together. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe we do a joint radio ad or we do a joint sponsorship in the upcoming festival that's coming this spring or something like there's so many different ways, uh, especially, you know, community-based businesses right. that, that you guys can partner together. Well, and I think that's where the power of things like BNI come in handy too, right? Because now yeah. you've got a list of people that you know, you know, people who need to fill that lead. And we did a interview with Mickey, uh, who is, she's the executive director out here for BNI out in Washington. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about, you know, the, one of the principles of BNI is, is givers game. So you're, you're constantly trying wow. to find ways to help other people grow their business and they're doing the same for you. So you're looking out within your list of leads mm -hmm. that would be great for the people that you're surrounding yourself with for business owners that you're, you're, you're building relationship with. And, and when you start to, I, I've noticed when you start to share uh, things like I have a web designer that I send a lot of stuff to, she, if she, she runs across an IT issue. Guess who her first phone call is? Mm -hmm. You know, guess who she's sending people to, right? Because I've sent her a ton of web design jobs yep. uh, and she pays it forward. She pays it back. And and so yeah. I think that's a, that's a true, yeah, that's, that's so, so good. Yeah. So I'd like to piggyback off of that. Um, the discussion we just had, Lindsay, and I had to learn what I'm about to ask the hard way, but for our listeners, why does marketing take a while to get rolling? What message would you have to anyone that wants instant oh. results? Oh, that wants instant results? I started, I did my funnel, I did my webinar, and then I was like, all right, why is nothing happening? And then it kind of put me in a downward spiral where I was like, you know, I didn't want to really touch marketing for a couple months. And I was like, all right, let me apply myself. Let me create the, the path and let me just work at this. And, you know, like you said, if I do something for three months, it's impossible to not get some type of results. Yeah. But that's a mission on now. But for our listeners, what message would you have for them that they expect some instant results? Oh man, I have so many thoughts on this. Um, number one, if you want instant results, really the only way to do that is through a paycheck, right? So like just kind of being very forward here. If you want, if you want to get paid for your time, quote unquote, and you want to trade time for money, you're going to need to be on a W2 somewhere, right? Like if I want to get paid now for this week's work, let me go collect a check from somewhere. And that's just not how business works. Whenever you're building your own business, you have three stages. Number one, I have to build traction. Traction is messy and it is not clean. And there is not a clean ROI on traction. Traction is like, oh, this feels heavy. And I'm pushing this boulder up the hill and it's all very clunky, but I got my funnel put together. All right. I went live and I did this webinar. Okay. I did it. And now I'm like, all right, what now? So now I got to get my life back together. I got to go do it again. That's traction. Okay. Then let's say you go do this two, three, four times. Well, now you realize, wow, I have people signing up for this thing. Cool. I had someone that messaged me and said, hey, I watched your webinar. That was really great. Thanks for sharing. Oh, cool. I'm getting some feedback now. Now you're in a stage of momentum. Okay. So you go from traction. It's really clunky. It's hard momentum. Oh, cool. Now I've got a couple of appointments set. Is it where I need it to be? Is it, am I booking the 20 appointments per month that I need to hit my numbers? Not yet, but I'm seeing some level of ROI at this point. I'm building momentum. Things are moving, okay? Traction, momentum. Then I get to a point where things are moving. They're predictable. 
they're at a place of, okay, I know that if I go put on this webinar, I make my 10 touch points a day. I go live on LinkedIn every single week. I'm doing my business invites podcast. I'm attending my chamber meetings twice per week. I'm sending out my weekly emails. I've got my social posts going out. I've got my cold calls going out. I'm doing my follow-up. So all these activities are starting to stack now. I know that if I do this, there's a level of predictability. ABC equals XYZ. Now I'm hitting this level of scale. Okay, so I've gone from traction, momentum to scale. At this point, if there's a level of predictability, I know that, okay, I can now make a data-driven decision to go and maybe hire someone. Maybe I bring in that tier one tech that can take some of these some of these technical activities off of my plate. Maybe I go in and hire a marketing assistant that can set up the funnel and do the follow-up emails and some of those things that don't necessarily need my time and effort. Now I can think about scaling my time. Okay, so I think that we have to normalize that results don't come overnight. It's very much in stages. So traction, momentum, scale, number one. Number two, you have to train your mind. You got to train your mind, whether that means every morning I, I start my day with a, a walk outside and, you know, silent time, no AirPods, no music, no podcasts, no nothing. And I have quiet time with myself. Maybe, and this may not be like your regular marketing advice, but this is the stuff that, that helps. Maybe it means uh, every afternoon when I'm done with work, I go to the gym for an hour again, and I have time by myself. Maybe it means I go for a walk. Maybe it means I'm in church or I'm, I'm meditating or I'm doing things that help my, my, myself mentally and spiritually. Whatever it is, like you have to train your mind to move through resistance because business is always a game of resistance, always. And you've got to have a, you have a strong mind to move through that because if you really think about it, there is no destination, right? Like if we really think about it, Okay, if I work 40 hours a week and I go get a paycheck, there's a destination. It's the weekend. <laughs> I work Monday through Friday to get to the weekend, and then I collect my check on the 15th and the 30th, right? Like, that's my destination. In business, what's your destination? You're always building up for the next thing. Maybe it's to sell your business one day. Maybe it's to retire from it and pass it down. But even then, even if you decide to pass it to the, to the next generation, well, then there's still a level of responsibility. You got to build your kids up right. You got to pour these things into them. So it never really stops. Mm. Okay. So if you, if you think about what am I racing to? What, what am I like? Why am I trying to rush through this? I, I did the webinar one time and it didn't work, quote unquote. What else would I be doing though? Oh, the cold calls, the 50 cold calls I did. Oh, I didn't get anything from it. I'm going to stop them. What else are you going to be doing? Like, where are you racing to? So ask yourself, like, if you're not seeing the results right now, like, where are you racing? What, what, who am I racing? The only person you're racing is yourself from yesterday. And if you're putting in more work than you did yesterday, and if you're doing the right things and you're on the right path, you're doing the right stuff. So I, I think just pouring into yourself, normalizing the process, realizing there is no true destination. Like it's all a journey, all, all a journey. You're going to have up, you're going to have days where you feel on top of the world. Yeah, I got this. You're going to have days where I need a break. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to have to clock out early today, right? 
And that's just normal. That's just a part of the process. But all of that comes back to you training your mind and being okay with that. And knowing, also knowing that it does not determine your personal worth. That the results of your business does not determine your personal worth. And I think that a lot of business owners will burn themselves out. They will take it out of their team, which will ultimately burn their business down. Like all these things will happen if they base the results of their business on their personal work. Wow. Okay. <laughs> there's so, there's so much there. I know. I know. I'm, really <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking just about all the things where uh, I think I've struggled with every one of those, right? I've, I've struggled with personal worth being part of my business. I've struggled with uh, just maybe not taking the time or spending, spending time on other places or um, I mean, just not having the right, just not having the right mindset. And, and I don't think I've ever really thought that, that about the, the, the uh, fact that owning a business isn't really a destination, right? It's really a long-term journey for us just to keep growing something. And then at some point we make a decision as to what we do next. It's mm-hmm. that's, that's super fascinating. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I know. And I think it's, it's beautiful because if we weren't doing what we were doing, what would we be doing? You'd be bored. I can tell you right now, you, you both be bored. I know you too. You like a challenge. That's where you thrive. It's hard. It's tough. We have hard days, but what else would you be doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could go back to, you know, sit down at a five and just do these five things and check off the box every day. I'd be like, so what about accounting and who's doing this? And, you know, like, I'm, I'm just going to be like, you're like, sir, you work in engineering. You don't work in accounting. You don't work in sales. You don't work in marketing. You don't work in an exec. I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's just what's going through my brain now. Like I'm thinking of every aspect of the business at all times. Yeah. I've always said too, like, even if for some crazy, I mean, like it'd have to be a, something happened, but if something happened and this, you know, whole thing didn't work out, I wouldn't go get a job. I'd start something else. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I could never, I don't, I don't see myself going back uh, away from, from business ownership or entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. And what's fascinating. One of the things that I'm learning too is, is to figure out where I'm really good and do those things and then figure out how to bring people in to do the things that I'm just not good at. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And there are countless books and mentors and 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 just programs and yeah, you know that, that speak to that. That that's literally that. That's what it's about. It's like find your area of expertise, find your your area of ownership, and you run that. And eventually, if we really think about the level of scale, that should come for every business owner to where all you do is hire out for your tasks, and you just kind of like orchestrate. Right. Who, who runs it? You're not even the one that's running all those pieces. Eventually you find that level in between you and all those different pieces and you just kind of push it down to that next level, right? And so then you free up <laughs> At which point, and so it's funny, John, you said, I, I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't go get a job. Well, maybe there is one day, right? Because you're starting your family. Right. There will come a day that you probably don't want to work, quote unquote, like, 40 hours a week or however much it is that you work per week in your business now, there will come a day at which point though, you will have another project that's a challenge to you. You will have something else in your life that becomes this puzzle that you, this journey 
that, that we put together, like our businesses, whether yeah. it's family, kids, you know, another endeavor, whatever it is. But sure. right now your business is, is, is that, you know, it, mm-hmm. it is that challenge. It is that puzzle. It could be your baby, quote unquote, right. That you're yeah. growing and you're nurturing and, and you're pouring time and love into uh, and eventually there will be someone else that comes after that. Well, we did add a kid. So yeah, that, that adds a whole other dynamic to, yeah. to, our, to all of this, yeah. uh, owning a business stuff that we're doing. And that's that finding that balance and finding a way to think ahead. I think that's one of the things that we're you know focusing on is how do we think ahead toward yeah. how do we want to live in three or five years and try mm-hmm. to plan our marketing and plan our business activities towards that goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. That's awesome. And yeah. it's really, it's really cool to see your family growing. And uh, Amelia, I, I met your wife last quarter. It was just really cool to like, to meet you all and like, see you, you know, in this light that's outside of, we're going to grow our business. We're going to market, we're going to sell. Yeah. And it's like, we're real people. We are and we have families. And like, there are things that we are building this business for, for the boat, for the freedom, for the house, for the land, like for all these things that are outside of just making money for the same yeah. thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Lindsay, for <laughs> joining us. Um, any final thoughts? Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, no, I think that this was great, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I do have a Facebook group. I have not been super active in there in like many months. Um, but if anyone would like to join, there are tons of videos that are kind of archived in this group. Um, it's called market like a millionaire. So I, I believe the link, I can give you guys the link. I'm pretty sure it's, I'm not going to say it here because it may be wrong. I will give you the link and then you can plug it into the show notes. Yeah. Um, but there are archived videos and walkthroughs and trainings in there and it's, uh, really around marketing like a millionaire. So building out marketing systems that are sustainable and scalable and uh, income activity, income producing activity focus. So I'll plug that link there. Um, and if any small, medium-sized business owners are interested in joining, I'd be happy to have you in. That sounds great. Well, and it okay. sounds like we're, because this, we could have, we could have had a three-hour podcast on that today. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely uh, plan for another, another, uh, you know, show with you and, and do another topic that, that just, you know, helps people out. That's, that's the reason why we're here. So yeah, yeah let's do it. And Thank we didn't you. even like hyper focus on a topic. So if anyone has questions on like a certain thing that, cause we covered so many very high level topics today and constructs. So if we were like, re- like ran in one of those, like we could totally do like a deep dive on one yeah. topic, um, you know, mindset or, networking or yeah. webinars, or like whatever it is, um, then we could totally do that. Okay. Well. So you heard it from Lindsay, put your comments in the Facebook or, or LinkedIn or email us and uh, we'll have Lindsay back and have a hyper-focused uh, show on a particular topic that you guys get to choose. We'll put a poll out on the Business Invites podcast Facebook, and then we'll just let them vote. And then whatever gets yeah. the most votes, we'll go ahead and do something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll do it. it sounds right, great. So you guys are holding me to it. I like this. I like yeah. this follow through. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Yep. Thanks awesome. for joining us. Well, that was a lot right. of fun. That was good. That was good. <clears throat> 
All right, so jump into, you want to jump into some cybersecurity current events to wrap up the episode? Ooh, that's exciting. Let's jump into the crazy things that are happening in the world. I got one that I want to share because I want to give it a different spin um, for business owners. Give me a second here. Share screen, window. So this one is about an IT company that was hacked. And the reason I want to bring this to light is um, this was an IT company out of Sweden. Uh, they're a cloud hosting provider. They're called Tietovri. I don't know how to pronounce that. But they suffered a ransomware attack. So the reason I want to bring this up is if you're using an IT company and they haven't brought up the conversation of security or cybersecurity or protecting yourselves, that means that they're not possibly doing it themselves. Right. So you want your IT company to be eating their own dog food, per se. And you want them to be implementing these things in-house because a way to get to you is to get to your IT company, mm -hmm. right? So supply chain, something we've mentioned over the last two episodes, I believe, um, when we talked about the target breach a couple of years ago. If somebody can get to your IT company, then they can get to you. So you want your IT company to be on top of their cybersecurity, um, at least for themselves, if not right. implementing it and applying it to you. Yeah. And that also means like when your IT comes to you with things that involve policy changes on their side, uh, take take note and pay attention to it because there's probably a reason. I know we're working on verification changes on how we verify you know customers and things like that. So we're implementing those things to different to our clients, and we do that because we don't want to end up having a similar issue to what happened in Vegas where. Somebody calls their IT department and they're not verified. So they just do what they want. So pretends to be you. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if you have a really good IT company, they're suggesting something. I, I would definitely hear them out <laughs> because they're most likely doing it to protect you and protect them. And, you know, we all have skin in the game when it comes to this stuff. And, um, we just want to make sure that we're doing our, our best when we want to, you know, as two guys who are in cybersecurity, we know that we have to take care of our in-house side too, in order for, for our clients to be protected. Got a question for you, John, before we wrap up, um, I was having a conversation on LinkedIn with, uh, I'm not sure if you know, Logan Edmonds, he's in our group yeah. as well. And he posted a post and it went something like, don't quote me, but um, that companies need to start, considering that IT and cybersecurity are two different things and not just thinking, okay, we budgeted for IT, so we're good. And then a couple of different IT professionals, myself included, were commenting in the comments. And some, some people disagreed, but in the sense of, they do need to see it as two different things, but it still needs to be part of the same budget. So it's not like, hey, we were paying, let's just throw out a number that makes no sense. We were paying 10K for... IT. Now we have to pay 20K and it's for IT and cybersecurity instead of, well, that same 10K has to be for both IT and cybersecurity type thing. Well, um, what type of conversations do you have with your clients that don't, that you've never I reached? I think I actually do the opposite. <laughs> I huh? think I actually tell them that if your IT hmm. company is not talking to you about cybersecurity and they're not one and the same, that you should be looking into that further. We're trusted people for our clients. 
when it comes to technology. And if your company, like, you know, sometimes you can budget. I know like there's some clients who want to have that budgeted separate for, you know, maybe their, their government or something like that, or they've got specific budgeting needs to, to separate that. Uh, and I, I get that from maybe a budgeting standpoint, you want to have a certain money, a certain amount down for tech support and infrastructure and, and cybersecurity, and maybe it's a budgeting item, but when it comes down to it, it should be all together. I think you, if you have an IT provider who's not talking to you about cybersecurity, you should be starting that conversation with them or someone else just in regards to that topic. It has to be included. It has to be. There, there, you can't separate the two today. I, I just Agreed. don't, I don't, and I don't see how a managed service provider could have one without the other. Yeah, and like and we, some clients do don't get that. I've had conversations with people who um, they say, well, I don't want that. I've never been hacked. So, uh, you know, I just want the, I just want the tech support when I need it. And, yeah. and so, you know, we'll see time will tell what happens to those, those businesses. But, you know, I, I don't think in this day and age, we can afford to separate the two. I saw another post on in our bigger group where someone asked, hey, I'm an MSP, um, but I'm not offering any of the security stuff. Have you guys partnered with another MSSP? And I think O'Reilly then commented, if you do that, we'll take your business. You know, like I'm doing it all. So so if you bring me in, you know, we're, take, we're taking everything. We're not just taking the security part. You know, and, and I think yeah. I think there's truth to that. Um, you That's know, exactly. It. People That's can go exactly to a one-stop it. shop. They're going to want to purchase from a one-stop shop instead of having two or three different vendors to cover all the parameters. Yeah. And if you're an MSP who's not focused on security, times are changing quick and you really have to get, you really have to bring that in on your, your, your portfolio and how you're doing business. Because I, I don't, I know like great, great example as I had a client of ours uh, who got a cybersecurity email newsletter from their financial advisor who guess who the first person they called about the things. Hey, can we make sure these things are, you know, in, and are, you know, adopted, uh, they call us because that's yeah. what we do. So, um, I just think that we still have a lot of MSPs that don't have that minimum level of service and it should be. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, um, today was a great episode. Would you agree? I, man, I love having guests like Lindsay on who are passionate about what they do because for one, I mean, there's just so much I would watch. I'm going to watch a couple of those parts a, a couple more times so I can pick out some more, you know, little nuggets from that. But there was just so much there, um, so much in marketing. There's so much to in thought process that we can work on as, as owners. And I'm excited to. Uh, to have her back, but we also have some really cool guests coming. I know uh, I have a coach um, specifically that I was talking with this week who were working on the schedule, who has taken businesses that are failing and helped them turn their businesses around. Nice. So he's taken, and some of these are enterprise level giant corporations that he has walked into 
and been able to find the, the and plug the holes and turn their leadership around. So I asked him to come up with five things that he's seen in businesses that were failing. And we're right, so we a, got a so we have that person coming up. Um, I know I have a CPA coming up after after February. He said he's a little busy at the moment, which makes sense. <laughs> um, I have a VA person that wants to talk about um, pros and cons of hiring VAs, whether it's offshore or nearshore. So that's good. <clears throat> and I have a digital marketer in line. So if anybody has any insight or any questions or any topics that you would like us to cover with any of those guests, go ahead and comment on our Facebook, send us a message, send us an email, and we can go ahead and get those topics covered uh, in our next couple of podcasts. I love it. And just to remind everybody, if you're like me and you listen to most of your podcast in the car, you can find us on Apple podcast as well as Spotify and a number of other platforms. And you can see where all of those things exist on our website, which is businessandbytes.com. And that'll give you just a way to follow our podcast. And uh, you can check us out on LinkedIn, which is a small following right now. I'm, I'm working on trying to get that higher so that we can start live streaming out of our business and bites uh, LinkedIn. Uh, but you can check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and on our website for uh, past episodes. All right. Love it. Okay. Well, I look forward to next week and I uh, can't wait to see you guys uh, soon. And yeah, I'm super excited to see what happens. So we're going to call it uh, an episode. All right. See everybody. Okay. See you later.